Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, I have a proposal to make. Okay. Can we just ban gender reveal parties? Oh, you are preaching to the right person here. Uh, Can I explicitly state on the record here how much I loathe gender reveal parties? I mean, sans, just, sans wildfires, just right. in general, loathe them so much that flames are on the side of my face. Well, and unfortunately, and now, flames yeah. are coming out everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Flames just, now everywhere. Ugh. Like, I I understand, like, the excitement of the whole thing. Again, not a, not a parent. Don't. But I mean, like, of, of having a baby. I mean, of, like, uh. I understand why people get excited. I understand the excitement of baby showers. And I understand wanting to share the news of, you know, your, whether you're going to have a boy yeah. or a girl. But, like, I think we're or, at the point or now. something else. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we're at the point now where we can kind of be like, okay, gender, you, you maybe want to share that news because... You know, what you want to get, whatever. But, like, <sighs> do we have to do it with explosive devices? Can we just not do it? Like, yeah, I d- just, I just don't. Just don't do have the it. baby shower, get the gifts, exactly. celebrate the family and the kid. But the worst yeah. are the gender reveal parties that also ask for gifts. Like, I. Well, I- absolutely hate these people well if you're doing it in place of a baby shower no i'm doubly so well yeah i hate them oh the (laughs) cishets are at it as always gender Uh, is a construct stop setting entire states on fire for it yeah i'm with you there okay um (laughs) that and more you can hear on patreon.com slash broadway radio Yay. This is why we haven't started that uh, pre or after show, because uh, uh, Ashley will get us in trouble. Anyway, true. Ashley, uh, the big story on Tuesday came out of the Washington Post. It is an article by Peter Marks. The article is called New York Can't Rebound Without Broadway and Broadway's Road Back is Uncertain. The main crux of the article is, is the fact that New York needs Broadway to return to what it was. But the converse is also true that Broadway needs New York to get it back as well. Mm-hmm. There are so many questions that are asked in this article and purposely so. Um, Peter has an entire uh, paragraph that is just how do 10 or 20 or possibly even 30 productions, all essentially starting from zero in ticket sales, manage to reanimate Broadway all at once? How is the industry's limited rehearsal space assigned? That's something I had not thought about. Mm. If all of these shows are going to start at the same time, <laughs> you know, Shetler Studios, not that any Broadway show is rehearsing at Shetler, but like right. places are closing. Where Best are they going to do it? Right. How staggered do the reopenings have to be? Should shows that were struggling before be gently encouraged to throw in the towel? And at first I was like, like, man, that's a lot of money to invest in a show to not have the whole runway. But then later on, he has quotes from an anonymous producer who didn't want to speak on the record that said the damage that those shows can do to us is because they're going to waste a lot of people's attention just to sell no tickets. Do, does that give the impression to the larger um, potential 
tourist audience or Broadway audience that things are failing in New York. If they see a bunch of shows announced, then within two months, they close. Does that give the impression that that something, you know, isn't going on and isn't working uh, for Broadway? And does that hurt things in the future? Even Scott Rudin had a ton of questions in the article. He said, how many shows come back and at what level of attendance? What will labor do? What will theater owners do? What does working from home mean for the nightlife of New York? What happens to hotels? restaurants, tourism, how many people leave the city and don't come back? These are the types of questions, actually, that we've been talking, but this article yeah. really goes in depth on, on some of the things that we haven't talked about, like the rehearsal space, right. whether or not shows shouldn't come back. And one thing that we've kind of touched on um, that I think is is obviously going to have to be a part of the discussion mm-hmm. uh, much more in depth is if everyone has to lower their ticket prices to get audiences to come back, sure. what does that mean for salary reductions for union members? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Tommy Schumacher said, is there going to be a robust dialogue about pay rates? Of course there is. But people want to come back to work and they want to be safe. Peter Marks also quotes uh, Kate Schindel, Actors' Equity president, who said that, quote, pay cuts have not been discussed with us. Don't worry, Kate. They will be. So I was you know, say, uh, yeah, <laughs> people buy I, their time. Yeah, there's other things to worry about exactly. right now. But what I like about this article is, is this takes a lot of things that we've kind of been talking about in the abstract and talking about, like, well, this is going to have to be figured out, or they're going to have to decide right. to do this, and actually talks to the some of the biggest folks in the industry and trying to figure these things out. And again, there's more questions that I hadn't even thought of that need to be answered. So it's oh, a God. it's a really sobering look at where Broadway is. And one of the other main crux of it is the fact that government, whether federal, state, or local, is either A, not doing anything to help the arts community or artists who are suffering, and B, not providing much in terms of guidance or or Nothing. structure to Nothing. be able to help them. So it's, it's a really good way to kind of get a 360-degree view of what the problem is right. currently. And like I said, it sucks. There are, there's a ton of questions and very few answers in this article. Um, but I feel like this is what, you know, the, the industry is dealing with right now. It's hurry up and figure out a solution to a problem that we don't know is going to be the same by the time we have, right, you know, the solution exactly. ready. Exactly. And uh, so many of these things, I mean, we keep talking about it again and again, but so many of these things, the broad answer boils down to it's a union dispute or labor problem and those that's going to have to become like a much more parochial conversation of this is these are steps a through z of what needs to happen and what's going to have to happen because right now we only have broad strokes we don't know (laughs) we don't know how we're going to get to a point again where there's theater on broadway stages and all the things that have to happen before then because as you said there's been little to no guidance we uh, there was a conversation on twitter about it i think from nicole saratori being like there's a lot of frustration because we're not even seeing like a middle of the road right now like we don't know where we're at in this timeline everyone is really optimistic obviously about april which i do think we i do think in april there will be something 
what that is, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, that's something that's <laughs> in the is, article as what well. What is the Talk- something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're talking about, you know, the shows that have announced that they are going to start in the spring. Music Man, Plaza Suite. Yeah. But Peter does also mention the fact that there are some people who are more realistically looking at fall yeah. of 2021. Yeah. And it's really going to come down to, in, in my opinion, it's going to come down to what Governor Cuomo allows. Sure. If he allows theaters to open with whatever guidelines i think music man and plaza suite are going to figure out how to do it because they have the money and the stars to have to get it done the other shows as we've talked about before might just hold off i mean i think as is discussed in the article and as we've talked about before the legacy shows lion king wicked hamilton um maybe a a few others here and there they're going to come back and they're going to be able to kind of get back up to speed but it's that next tier that worries me and what really sucks is you know this article talks about how maybe some of these shows that were struggling don't need to um, return. And I understand right, the thinking there. Right. But the thing, the ones that worry me is that next year, things like Hades town, which is, was doing well, doing, right. you know, by all accounts, it's already, um, it, it's already recouped, but it's not Hamilton. It's not sure, wicked. Sure. And is it going to be too much of an uphill climb to do a show about Greek myths that, you know, is going to have to try to appease tourists when there aren't many tourists. So um, it's I, that I, next group yeah. of shows that kind of concerns me more than the ones at the top or bottom. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point about putting on shows that have to appease tourists because, I mean, is that going to be the first plan of action is getting the tourists back or making sure New Yorkers no. come back out? And that's in the article, too. And they've talked about the corollary right now where museums and other cultural institutions are open, Mm -hmm. but they are appealing specifically to New Yorkers. And they're not only doing it as in like, hey, come see us when there's no tourists, but also – Come visit us and help us rebuild. Exactly, which and, is what I, I'm. Which is what I'm. I mean, the optimist side of me is certainly hoping that for Broadway, but I don't yeah. know. Well, we don't. Yeah, know. I mean, it, we're coming up on you know the 19th anniversary of 9/11 later this right. week, and that was the same spirit that you know it, New Yorkers had, you know, 19 years ago. But it's it's different for a lot of reasons because that that shutdown was like what three days as as of now it's probably going to be at least a year and that's just Mm -hmm. such a difficult thing and people were terrified uh back then but there was a um there was a we're not going to let those people who want to terrify us keep us from living our lives now it's not some group of people that you can you know flip the bird to it is literally an invisible virus that will you know, kill you right. um, without you knowing. And I know it's it's similar, but I just, I, I worry. I, I'm worried that there are corollaries to be learned from 9-11, but also they're very different things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely to all that. All right. Well, read that article from the Washington Post. We will have a link in the show notes. Uh, Peter Marks is always a very good person to kind of mm-hmm. uh, look at the nuts and bolts of things. But Speaking of nuts and bolts, let's move into show, some show and casting news that came out on Tuesday. First up, Great Scott, Back to the Future, the musical, <laughs> announced that it will be transferring transferring to London's West End at the Adelphi Theater, coming out of its very abbreviated um, run at the Manchester Opera House back in March. It will begin previews 
in the West End on May 14th. Roger Barton and Ole Dobson will return to the roles of Dr. Emmett Brown and Marty McFly, respectively. Um, I, I want to be happy for them. I really do. <laughs> I but hearing shows announcing transfers makes me a little that sad. That was part but- of it, too. Like, in talking about the article and being like, are we in the middle ground? Like, what's, what, what are we doing? And then you look over across the pond and it's like, here's this show. Here are reviews from this. Sh- here's reviews from Sleepless in Seattle. Here's this show announcing it's run. It's like, oh, I mean, maybe... <laughs> Maybe you can go see it, since there'll be no theater here. Well, yeah, but you, they're not going to let you Shush. into the country. Maybe. I, I mean, uh, the UK is, isn't it? I, think, I don't think they're letting people... Uh, uh, I think you have to have some special circumstances, know. but anyway, uh, speaking of shows... special circumstances that I need to see. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck with that. Uh, all right, so uh, speaking of shows that are looking to make moves, it was announced yesterday that Tony winner Tamara Tooney is not going to be starring in a new show coming to New York, but will actually be directing a show. This show is called Love and Southern Discomfort, except for the I and Discomfort is an exclamation point. I don't know what that means. Uh, but it has a uh, book and lyrics by Monica L. Patton, with music and lyrics by Bobby Day. And the musical is set in present-day Louisiana and weaves a captivating tale about a f- about an old-money family torn apart by greed, addiction, undiagnosed mental illness, and a long-buried family secret. Of course, at this point, no one really knows when the show uh, will be coming to New York, but Ken Davenport is serving as an executive producer, uh, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of things in New York, yesterday the Irish Repertory Theater announced its online 2020 fall season. Just going to run through the shows very quickly. The first one uh, will be running from September 22nd through the 22nd, 7th. It'll be Geraldine Hughes's Belfast Blues. Then from October 13th through the 18th, there will be a show called Give Me Your Hand based on the poems of Paul Durkin. Then from October 27th through November 1st will be Eugene O'Neill's A Touch of the Poet. And then um, we will be back with a show that they've done before, kind of. Um, it'll be the exploration of the works of Samuel Beckett, conceived and performed by Tony winner Bill Irwin, called mm. On Beckett. But now it is On Beckett in screen. Ah. So it'll be specifically adapted for the screen. They should have done On Beckett online. Oh, you could have done that. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Don't. Don't, who, are you, who are you to tell Bill Irwin <laughs> what to name his shows? Come the on, man is, Bill Irwin. It's right I there. Uh, the final one will come in December. It'll be Dylan Thomas's A Child's Christmas in Wales in concert. Um, so, you know, I love me some online stuff, so I will definitely oh, yeah. be checking those oh, yeah. out. Love Irish rap, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and then finally in this section, Deadline reported that Sean Hayes and Todd Milliner will produce a new modern-day Shakespeare drama series for NBC. Um, Sean Hayes and Todd Milliner are uh, husbands, and mm-hmm. they also were the producing team behind the show Grimm, which takes Grimm fairy tales and set them as a supernatural cop drama. I, I didn't l- know that. Yes, I wow. loved Grimm. I oh. was a big fan of Grimm. Um, it defied what you expected from that show. Interesting. Um, it, yeah, it, the show will be called The Stratford. And uh, it's set in a New York luxury hotel and centers on a young man's search for his father's killer 
in a modern reimagination of a Shakespearean world. So I don't mm. know um, how this is going to work, but it says the characters in the show will be revealed to be updated versions of classic Shakespearean characters. Okay. So I'm guessing like the different residents of this hotel, I guess people are going to live there, yeah. I'm going to guess, are going to be so. like Lear and Macbeth and Banquo and mm-hmm. Hamlet and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing um, the young man searching for his father's killer will be Hamlet. Right. That's my guess. Right. But I'm down for this. I love this kind that of stuff. That sounds pretty stuff. cool. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, and if Sean Hayes is behind I was going to say, I'm really surprised about that grim factoid. Yeah, it's a really good show, too. Like, it's a serialized, pulpy thing. And, like, That's it's not. I've heard. Yeah. It's not pre- prestige drama, but it's fun. I really enjoyed it. Mm, I'll watch this. I'm excited about this. Yeah. All right. Let's do some real quick recommendations. These are things that are actually coming up. So I want to make sure that you knew about them ahead of time. The first one is a new concert called Music from Broadway Afar. It is actually a uh, a UK-based concert. It's coming up on September 13th, which is Sunday. It'll be at 8 p.m. UK time. But it features stars from a ton of shows, both in New York and and in the West End, doing songs from their shows. Some of the Broadway notables include Sierra Renee, Megan Pacerno, uh, Matt Doyle, Sidney Winters, Ali Ewalt, and more. Um, you can check that out. Uh, we will have a link. It'll be live streamed on Facebook and YouTube. Speaking of live stream shows, as I've kind of mentioned throughout you know, things uh, as they've been announced, Broadway World has kind of turned into a streaming hub and there is a ton of things happening this week. Um, actually, while we're recording, the live version of Karen Elizvo's concert with Seth Rudetsky is happening. Nice. Normally those things happen on Sunday, but Seth's Wi-Fi and internet sucked on Sunday, so they had mm. to reschedule. Um, pl- you you got to plug in, Seth. Don't rely on Wi-Fi, but there will be a replay at 3 p.m. on the 9th, which is Wednesday tomorrow, and a little birdie told me that it will also be available on demand. Broadway World will also have concerts from The Righteous Brothers, Amanda Green, um, Jeremy Jordan coming up this weekend. You can also get on-demand concerts from Max von Essen and Lena Hall. And coming up next week, you have Julie Halston, another Lena Hall concert, Paolo Zott, Michael Cavanaugh, uh, and more. So uh, lots of stuff going on. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. I know. I've really, you know, I had this, I talk with Alan Henry almost every day about stuff that's going on. And I've got to say, like, it, I, it really disappoints me that it took, it had to happen, you know, because of a global pandemic. Right. But I'm really impressed and pleased with all of the different stuff that Broadway World has come up with during this. A lot of things that we've talked about, some things that you don't know about, like they're just like behind the scenes kind of things. Uh, and also some things that are coming up, but like I've been really impressed with how they have really stayed functioning and working and doing and innovating far beyond what any of the other theater publications have. And as somebody who is not actually employed there anymore, I will say that very, very few interruptions into work for anybody. Um, so I'm very appreciative of that, that all of my former colleagues um, are still uh, are still working, which has not been the case at a lot of their competitors. Definitely so that. that was like a love letter from you. Jeez. Uh, 
I am very impressed with what um, <laughs> Rob Diamond and, and in many cases, Alan Henry, because he's kind of championed a lot of these projects and done a lot of them. So very impressed with what they've done. So Broadway World, as you and I both know, has its own issues and has its own bits of mess and that's different philosophical things. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> that's, I, I've that's, really... That's the pre-show version yeah. <laughs> that y'all aren't getting. <laughs> yeah, but I will say they've really kind of been one of the few theater publications online to... Um, embrace the challenges of this pandemic rather than putting their heads in the sand or hiding in a shell. They've really tried to innovate, uh, and I'm very appreciative of that. All right, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, so just a little bit of a tease. Don't tell oh, anybody hello. that I told you already. Um, Alicia is going to be making her Broadway radio interviewing debut. Yes. And I think the interview is scheduled for Wednesday, so I don't want to jinx it. I never try to talk Ooh. about interviews before they happen because you never know, you know, what forks might be in there. But yeah. uh, very excited about this one. Of course, you will hear that first in patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Bye.